You're listening to Chameleon, The Michigan Plot. Before you dive in, if you want to listen to the whole story uninterrupted, you can. Unlock the entire season ad-free right now with a subscription to The Binge. That's all episodes, all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the Chameleon Show page on Apple Podcasts or visit GetTheBinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, show me what you got. (laughs) This is Chameleon, Season 7. The Michigan Plot. A production of Campside Media. Oh. The Binge. Jackson County, Michigan, is only an hour west of Detroit, but it's about as rural as counties come. The population here is mostly white and mostly Republican. You see a fair number of Confederate flags in truck windows and hanging over back porches. Gun ownership isn't just a right here. It's part of life. And off of the county's rural roads, people like to be left alone. It's out here, on one of these roads, on the outskirts of a town called Munith, that this part of our story begins. On a couple of acres of land next to a little river that belonged to a young ex-Marine named Joe Morrison. If you believe the federal government, this place would become a training ground for some of the most dangerous homegrown terrorists in a generation. But back in late 2019, this was just a sleepy homestead. Morrison lived out here with his young wife, Jada, their two kids, and his in-laws, Pete Musico, and this woman, Crystal Musico. We live in the middle of nowhere for a reason. Should anything happen, and I gotta protect my family, I hope you know my property better than I do. Because you come after mine, I'm coming after you on my property. Crystal Musico is an Alabama native. She said she's survived multiple lightning strikes, vehicle accidents, and more than a few medical crises. She is not someone you want to mess with. I'll tell anybody I'm redneck as I come. I used to drive a big black Chevy. Got pulled over a lot in it. I grew up with guns. I know how to hunt. I know how to fish. I know how to trek. I didn't know until I moved up here that you sent your deer to a processor. I am the processor. Crystal honed all these skills to prepare for a future of hardship. Back in 2019, she and the rest of her family were worried about the state of the world. Nuclear war, disease, civil unrest. But they were also concerned about the government. Crystal's son-in-law, Joe Morrison, had been arrested on a gun charge that year. And the family was worried that the government was taking away their rights. They were too big as it was. We didn't want them sticking their nose in our business because we don't stick our nose in theirs. The government is out to hurt you if you don't give them what they want. The government will try to kill you. So in late 2019, Joe, along with Crystal's husband, Pete, decided to start a group, a network of like-minded people who would be ready for any calamity or act of government tyranny. They named the group after the vicious little animal that represents the state of Michigan. They called it the Wolverine Watchman. The group's Facebook page had a warning. No bootlickers and no cops or feds. We were supposed to be a group to trade skills. What if you know how to can food and I don't? 
We swap skills. I can teach you how to track something in the woods, in snow or regular, you know? And that's what it was for, is to learn skills that other people had that maybe you didn't. And it was to protect if things should happen to go bad. There was a group that we could trust. The Wolverine Watchmen didn't have to wait long for things to go bad. In the spring of 2020, just months after the group was formed, the COVID-19 pandemic struck. The first case I heard about on the underground media in China, I knew it was coming this way. You can't contain something like that. It's going to be everywhere. Crystal was right. By early March, Michigan had its first cases and Governor Gretchen Whitmer closed schools. It seemed like a global catastrophe and government tyranny had arrived at the same moment. It was time for the watchmen to come together and train for what was to come. On March 22, 2020, the Wolverine Watchmen held their first training session on Joe Morrison's property in Muniz. A handful of guys from the Facebook group showed up, but the so-called field training exercise, or FTX, wasn't very organized. They were all just shooting in the back, shooting their guns, letting off rounds. This is Jada Morrison, the wife of Joe Morrison, mother of two, and reluctant host of that first training. Everybody's bullshit talking. They were just shooting at, like, fucking cans and bottles in the backyard, shooting trees. They actually ended up shooting, like, two trees down, so... (laughs) How do you shoot a tree down? Oh, they were lighting it up. I didn't know that was possible. If you shoot it in the same spot enough, I mean, you shoot it straight across. The roughly half-dozen watchmen who showed up were heavily armed, with high-capacity rifles and sidearms. But it turned out most of them were pretty inept. Luckily, there was one guy at that first training who actually knew what he was doing, an Iraq war vet named Dan Chappell. Army veteran. I was a sergeant. I was in from 2005 to 2010. I was in Iraq from 2007 to 2008. Dan Chappell was a stocky 33-year-old with a bald head and a close-cropped beard. He told the watchman he had seen a lot of combat. And a lot of my fighting was up north in Sauter City. I got a lot of experience behind the gun in real-world environment. The watchmen were enthralled by his stories from the front lines. He'd called in artillery strikes. He'd breached doors and cleared buildings in urban combat. He'd even been wounded by an improvised explosive device. But the story that really wowed everyone? He said he'd been part of the quick response force that had rescued legendary American sniper Chris Kyle. You know, the guy from that Bradley Cooper movie. whole Chris Kyle and everything. We were a QRF element when they picked him up. Dan's combat resume earned him the watchman's respect. He was the real deal. He became the lead trainer. I'm going to listen for outgoing fire. So if I'm here, pop, 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 I know, hey, we can continue going back. It sounded like the right thing to do, have an experienced person that can train somebody that has absolutely no idea how to use their gun. Makes sense to me. I'll go right. I'll go left. Dan was very, very, you need to learn how to clear houses. You need to learn how to, I wouldn't even say really start a firefight, but know how to be in the middle of one. They started playing army, I guess you could say, in the yard. You're going to be up high over your shoulder. All this is is not precision shots. 
I would look out and I would just see them crawling around the ground doing fucking medical training. Honestly, I'm like, what the hell? Like, you guys look honestly fucking retarded, but I'm just going to shut up at that point. (laughs) The watchmen were awed by Dan. They were playing soldier. He really was one. Under his instruction, the look of the group changed quickly. No longer a bunch of dudes shooting and giggling in the woods. They became disciplined, determined, and focused. And by the end of that first training session, Joe Morrison made a fateful decision. He asked Dan if he would join the Watchmen's leadership group, and Dan accepted. But Joe's wife, Jada, was suspicious of Dan from the very beginning. Who was this guy? Where did he come from? And why was he so eager to help out? When you're the only one coming in tactical, like, all military look, something's up. He was sketchy. I'm not even going to lie. He was so sketchy. And the first time I even met him, I looked at him and I said, he's a fed. He works with the FBI. I'm not stupid. I mean, you can see it. Jada was right. Dan was a secret informant working for the FBI. The Bureau suspected that the Wolverine watchmen were becoming a domestic terror cell. Dan's job was to gain their trust and keep an eye on their activities. But in the end, he would do so much more than that. He would connect the group to a radical vacuum store clerk, Adam Fox, and ultimately to a plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan. My name is Jessica Garrison. And I'm Ken Bensinger. From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Chameleon Season 7, The Michigan Plot. Episode 2, Wolverines. This is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest-rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. Make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters, and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now.
By March of 2020, Dan Chappell had been a civilian for more than a decade. After leaving the Army back in 2009, he'd gotten a degree in criminal justice. He managed a gym for a while and worked as a firearms instructor. And then he had a kid, a little girl, and settled into life driving bulk mail deliveries for the Postal Service. Dan's Army days were far in the rear view, but he wanted to keep the skills that he had learned there sharp. And one day, in March of 2020, just as the first COVID lockdowns were going into place, Dan was on Facebook and somehow stumbled across the Wolverine Watchman's private page. Dan Chappell didn't respond to a request for comment, so you won't be hearing from him directly in this show. But he later testified in court about how he found the Wolverine Watchman Facebook group. I was scrolling through one day and it just showed up as a, a recommendation. I clicked on the group. They were pro-Second Amendment. It was a closed group, so it wasn't just like you could and have direct access to it. You had to answer a couple questions that they had on their page, and then an administrator would either approve or deny you. Dan was approved and led into the Facebook group. But in order to train with the Watchmen, he would have to download an app called Wire, an encrypted chat app that would protect their communications from prying eyes. Dan joined the encrypted chat where he was asked more questions before he could enter. What are your political beliefs? What are your ideas on the Constitution? And I said I swore an oath to defend the Constitution, all enemies, foreign and domestic. And then, how do you feel about cops? I told we have a uh, initiative needs to be addressed with both police and kind of homegrown discipline. And they brought me into the main chat. Dan started reading some of the posts there. All of the vetting and secrecy now made sense. There was a lot of crazy on the other side. Like instructions on how to make improvised explosives, how to make homemade silencers for guns, how to modify rifles to make them fully automatic. There was a lot of harsh talk about hanging tyrants and endless memes about killing cops and federal agents. Uh, I seen a post that was made for wanting to target and kill police officers. Pete Musico, one of the group's founders, was worried that red flag laws might go into effect in Michigan. Laws that allow law enforcement to seize guns from people deemed to be dangerous to themselves or others. He said he wanted to collect addresses of local law enforcement to do, quote, reverse red flags. Dan took this to mean raid cops' houses and kill them. I was just wanting to, to train, and seeing this comment, in my mind's eye, they were training. And they're selecting and grooming like-minded people that are wanting to do violence against law enforcement. Dan was shocked and alarmed. He called up a friend, a cop who worked at a nearby police department, and met up with him to show him the encrypted messages. His friend said he would run the tip of the chain of command. And a few days later, Dan got a call from an FBI special agent named Jason Chambers. He asked if I would come in for an interview with him, and I said I would. Dan met up with Chambers and his partner, Special Agent Hank Impala, at the FBI office in Flint, Michigan. They had COVID restrictions in place, so I could not go inside their facility. So we met in my vehicle, and then I physically handed my phone over to them so they can see the conversations that were happening. After looking at the watchman's messages, Chambers asked Dan if he would be willing to become an informant for the FBI. He would attend and observe Wolverine Watchmen meetings and trainings and report back on what he saw. Dan was hesitant. 
He was worried about his safety and the safety of his young daughter. But in the end, he agreed. He said he felt it was his duty to protect the public from harm. But maybe he also missed having a little action in his life. Dan showed up for the Wolverine Watchman's first training. He would report back to the FBI on some of the screwballs who showed up. There was Joe Morrison, a 25-year-old ex-Marine who owned the property and founded the group. I mean, if we're doing this, uh, you know, military style, four hours buying fucking schedule right now. Joe was an adherent of the Boogaloo movement, the guys who wore Hawaiian shirts under their gear and believed a second civil war was coming. Online, Joe went by Boogaloo Bunyan and posted dark things like, you trained me to serve you, now I will destroy you. But at trainings, he seemed to be balancing the watchman with a complicated domestic situation. Babe, any kids sleeping? Any kids sleeping? Go look in mom and dad's bedroom. Joe would often shuttle between the training and the house, trying to keep his wife, Jada, happy. Hey, next time, Jada, you're shooting! Just because we got a kid out here, man. Dan would later tell the FBI that Jada was, quote, absolutely crazy and smelled like marijuana during the tactical training, where she fired a crossbow. Then there was Jada's mom, Crystal. Dan noted that Crystal carried a big knife on her at all times. And then there was Pete Musico, maybe the nuttiest of the bunch. Somebody's getting chopped bitches! In his day-to-day life, Musico worked odd jobs, HVAC and RV repair, chimney sweeping. Musico was the oldest of the group, aged beyond his years at 42, with a shaved head and a scraggly beard. His nickname was Grandpa, but a lot of the guys just called him Crazy Pete. Better officer just kicked your door in on your house. Pete was the guy who had talked about hunting down cops on the encrypted chat. He told everyone at the training that he once threw a Molotov cocktail at the house of a cop who pulled him over. And he told Dan he had caches of guns buried all over his yard, not to mention booby traps for if the feds ever showed up. Right below the bed. Dan had been worried about the violent things these guys were saying in the encrypted chat. Now he was hearing them in real life, punctuated by gunfire. He was there to observe it all and report it back to the FBI. But he started to worry the group might accidentally shoot someone. The watchmen were doing target practice in an open field near the highway. Dan had them move deeper into the woods so they wouldn't kill a passing motorist. And after a few minutes, he jumped in and started leading the drills himself. Right away, the guys started to trust him and look up to him. And that would make his job as an informant much easier. Dan Chappell joined the leadership of the Wolverine Watchmen at a pivotal moment. The day after the Watchmen's first training, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer issued a stay-at-home order. If we all do our part and simply stay home, we have a shot at helping our health care system meet our needs. Michigan was on lockdown. In the Wolverine Watchman's encrypted chat, nervous conversations were happening. Members talked about stacking up on guns and ammo, about the panicked people buying all the toilet paper, about the authoritarian nature of the lockdown. In the ensuing weeks, Governor Whitmer issued more executive orders. 
And then she became the topic of a harsh conversation led by Pete Musico in the group chat. Our governor is a tyrant. This fucking cunt. Anyone know where Gretchen lives? I'm hungry and I want to hunt. What is your line in the sand? Getting awfully close to my line. Gretchen's got to go. The watchman didn't know it, but they were the ones being watched. The FBI was monitoring all their encrypted chats. A legislator just stopped at my girl's restaurant and told her that Gretchen's extending the order until the end of May. I swear to God, if this is true, I'm going to Molotov her fucking house. So fucking done with her. The Watchmen were far from the only Michiganders who were mad at the governor in the lockdown. Hundreds of people were expected to attend a protest at the Capitol. And of course, the Watchmen would be there too. It's April 30th, 2020, at the Capitol building in Lansing. Pete Musico and Joe Morrison are there, wearing tactical gear and carrying their rifles. Dan is there too secretly recording everything and transmitting the audio live to FBI agents monitoring nearby. At around noon, the crowd starts to get restless. Dan hears some of the watchmen and others talking about storming the Capitol. And then Pete, talking about Governor Whitmer, says he wants to catch that bitch coming out of the emergency exit. Dan steps away from the group and speaks into his wire. He reports that the watchmen are talking about breaching the Capitol by force. Special Agent Hank Impala, listening in, gets a hold of the Michigan State Police and tells them to just let the crowd into the building to avoid a potential bloodbath. And that is how an angry and extremely well-armed mob ended up inside the Capitol, racing up the stairs and filling the hallway in front of the Senate chamber where a session was in progress. Musico and Morrison are standing right next to a news camera, yelling at the state troopers. They don't know it but they're standing just a few feet away from a guy who would soon change their destiny. A burly dude in a Hawaiian shirt at the front of the crowd, screaming to be let in. It's Adam Fox. And right there with him, his girlfriend, Amanda Keller. After a while, the fervor dies down and the crowd slowly disperses. But some stay behind, milling around the Capitol and having a look around. The Wolverine watchmen end up in front of Governor Whitmer's office and decide to pose for a photo. In the picture, they're standing menacingly in a line in front of Whitmer's door. Masks up, rifles in hand, like hunters standing over a trophy buck. Is Meghan Markle like Princess Diana, or is she just a social climber? I was silent. Were you silent, or were you silenced? Is she a breath of fresh air, or a master manipulator? That's what we're going to find out on my podcast, Infamous. 
Apparently, ambition is a terrible, terrible thing. We'll look at what happened when two dysfunctional families came together. It's the family that I suppose she's never had. And how Meghan and Harry going Hollywood all went down. Only on the podcast Infamous. We're back. Once again, we're thinking about what the world might look like once we lose, stop using, or just run out of things that feel essential to our existence. What happens when we can't rely on fossil fuels anymore? Is eating meat really all that ethically dubious? How are ads shaping our impulses and what happens if they go away? So join us as we try to piece together what happens when the things we've taken for granted start to disappear. From Hyperobject Industries and Sony Music Entertainment, listen to Without wherever you get your podcasts. It's June 3rd, 2020, a little over a month after the protest at the Michigan State Capitol. Dan Chappell is on his way to a meeting with the Wolverine Watchman, blasting metal in his big Ford truck, as he usually does. All right, here we go. And of course, he's also rolling tape. All righty, walking in. Today's meeting is at Ty Garbin's mobile home in Heartland, Michigan. Garbin, who the watchmen call Gunny, is in the group's leadership. And when he answers the door, he gives Dan a warm reception. From Joe Morrison's wife, Jada, I'm good. to the dog. It seems like everybody is happy to see Dan. Dan's been in the Watchmen for a little over two months, and to the guys in the group, He's become a mentor and a friend. They look to him for answers on everything from tactical training to what guns to buy. They've even started coming to him for relationship advice. Oh, no, I haven't even kissed this lady yet, but we fucked the shit on. So. How does that work? No idea. No foreplay. I don't even have a friend. I don't even have a friend. So, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Among the group members, he's known as Big Dan. There's a lot of crosstalk in any Watchmen meeting, but when Big Dan speaks, these guys listen. Uh, we can do ingress, egress, so just maneuvering around the, the vehicle itself. Okay. Um, just start from the front of the cab back, so working off A pillars, B pillars, driver down scenarios. A week before this meeting, George Floyd was murdered by a policeman in Minneapolis. In response, there have been massive protests and some riots across the country. The Watchmen were already anti-cop, and some members have attended demonstrations with their guns to protect protesters from police violence. But in the riots, the Watchmen see something else. They see society falling apart. The Second American Civil War, the Boogaloo, could be coming any day now. My only worry is uh, how much longer do we have before the shit actually pops off? Who the fuck knows, dude? <laughs> right. I don't that's, know that's it's accelerating at a crazy rate, but how have the yeah. riots been? I have a monitor and um, they've been, they they've been fucking... Four cops in St. Louis the other yeah. night. The Watchmen want to get their act together. This meeting at Garvin's place is to create a rank structure for the group to decide who should be the commanding officer. There's one obvious guy for the job. All in favor of making Dan the uh, commander? No. <laughs> Everyone wants Dan to be the leader of the Watchmen. This was never supposed to happen, and Dan knows it. As an FBI informant, 
Dan has already taken on a highly active role in the group. But if he's the official leader, and they're later charged with a crime, they could argue that Dan had entrapped them, that he'd led them to do things they wouldn't have done on their own. It could blow the entire operation. Scrambling, Dan tries to convince the group that Joe Morrison, the founder, is the rightful leader. Yeah, I think Joe, or you, you two are, I mean, I can be our ops guy. Eventually, they find a compromise. Joe will be the commanding officer. Dan will be the executive officer, or second in command. Dan is now in a great position to carry out his mission figure out what the Watchmen want to do, and get them on tape talking about it. And during this same meeting, Joe Morrison mentions something big, a national militia summit coming up in a few days at a hotel in Dublin, Ohio. And what's the meaning about, I mean, what's the numbers are projecting? 20, 40, 50, 100? Morrison says representatives from 15 different states will be there that his contact, a trucker from Delaware named Barry Croft, says it'll be a meeting of the minds where they'll discuss a national game plan. Basically, it's what a national game plan looks like. Some of the Watchmen are skeptical about the summit. A bunch of militia guys meeting at a hotel in the middle of Ohio during a pandemic? Sounds like something that a lot of feds are going to be at. Right, that's what I'm saying. If it's at a convention, you're going to have feds there, flat out. Joe Morrison's wife, Jada, has a bad feeling about it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't really want him going. Paul Ballar, another watchman, says that if they go, they should bring guns. We could all go pack and heat. Y'all end up killing somebody, y'all are going to prison right now. If we get caught, yeah. Y'all are going to end up getting caught. This is... As an informant, Dan has his own agenda. He tries to convince the guys to go. So if we do go, which I think we should, we'll locate so, I mean, if we can go forward on it, I'm down with it. In the end, the group decides to play it safe and stay home from the summit. If it turns out to be one big bust, they'll definitely hear about it afterwards. So, if we don't go to this one, we can also see if it really was a The Watchmen were right. The Ohio summit was crawling with feds. And Adam Fox was there, talking crazy oblivious to the fact that he was being recorded. You hit them all over the same time and you take hostages. You as hostages. Afterward, Barry Croft told Adam to get in touch with some contacts of his in Michigan. Like-minded individuals who might be good to know. Now, Adam was on a collision course with the Wolverine Watchmen. All right, we're pulling in. Eight days later, Dan Chappell shows up to train at Joe Morrison's house in Munich, recording everything. It is loaded. What's going on, guys? This training is mandatory for Watchmen members. They're trying to weed out people who aren't serious. Anyone from the Facebook group who doesn't show up will be removed. Dan leads the training, showing the guys how to shoot from cars. Same thing with pistols, right? When you're getting out, you ride across the street. You can put your... Someone brings a gigantic 308 caliber belt-fed rifle that the guys swoon over. What the fuck? fuck? Dude, that's on my list. Hang on. Yo, what the fuck? They all want to take turns shooting it. 
During the training, Pete Musico walks up to Dan to talk to him about something. Eventually, they step away from the group to chat. Pete says that someone from the militia summit in Ohio reached out to them. This really enthusiastic guy, Adam Fox. Adam wants to set a meeting at a vacuum cleaner store in Grand Rapids, where he apparently works and also lives. And the way Adam talked about this meeting in a voice message, well, it doesn't sound like he wants to talk about hoses and nozzles. I have a secure basement where we could all kind of sit and talk. If you're down with that, let me know. And then we'll kind of like talk hypothetically some shit that could go down. Okay, does that sound all right? Pete is known for crazy talk. But this dude, Adam, is on another level. He's doing his talking out in the open, in videos on Facebook. His message is, listen, you fucking pussies. Quit running your fucking dick suckers and let's do something. Adam, it seems, isn't playing around. And this meeting in the basement of the Vac Shack sounds serious. Like, start the boogaloo serious. This meeting is pertaining to kicking the boog off. Oh, really? Yeah. That point blank, I'm going to let you know right now. This ain't about fucking let's get prepped and ready to go. This is about pointing rifles at fucking police officers and fucking politicians and squeezing the fucking trigger. Oh, shit. Yeah. This ain't no joke. This is Falu- This is starting Fallujah in right. the United States. Right. That's it's, what it's, he's talking about. Adam's wanting to push that? Yeah. That's what he's talking about. Pete was once the group's biggest diehard. But in recent weeks, he started to pull back a bit and spend more time with his church. Maybe all this boogaloo stuff is more than he signed up for. I'm going to be honest with you, man. We started this group in a Christian life. We had a purpose for what we're doing. That was for helping and protecting people. It wasn't about killing cops. It wasn't about fucking doing none of that shit. I'm down. I'll tell you that now. If that's what it's going to take to reset the system, I'm fucking down. Because I'm down to reset the system. You know? It's fucking flawed on every level. It's flawed on every level. Joe Morrison walks up and joins the conversation, and Pete relates his concerns. Adam Fox wants to kick off the boogaloo for real. Point blind, that's, that's what he's down for, you know. <laughs> Adam. Yeah. Hey, you talk. Do you know what he's down for? Yeah, fucking kicking it off. Yeah. Straight out kicking that shit off. I know. Okay. I'm not stupid. For months... These guys have talked a lot about all the illegal shit they want to do, but they haven't done any of it. But a meeting to kick off the boogaloo is definitely worth investigating. And these guys, they'll go where Dan goes. So Dan says he's going. I'm down for going. Huh? I'm down for going. Are you? Yeah, I'm committed to it. Dan gets Adam's contact information. And after the training, he heads to the FBI office in Flint. This call is so important that he wants to do it in front of special agents Jason Chambers and Hank Impala. Oh, you have to activate it. All good? Yeah. Hey, what's going on, brother? If the FBI thought that Adam Fox was a real danger, you would think that, through Dan, they might try to dissuade him, to stop him from as Adam puts it, storming the Capitol, taking hostages, and hog-tying the governor. Right, right. That's not what happens. 
The FBI needs to see if Adam will go beyond just talking about violence. So Dan invites Adam to come train with the Watchmen. Hey man, if you want to come down and train at Joe's sometime with us, that'd be great. Instead of talking Adam down, Dan offers him an army to help turn his violent fantasies into a reality. No, I can meet up down there with you guys and we can train and all that. I, I, I do their, uh, their tactical training for them. Pete Musico and Joe Morrison decide they aren't going to meet up with Adam at the Vac Shack. So Dan, the Watchman's second-in-command, takes the lead. A few days later, he confirms the meeting and texts Special Agent Jason Chambers. Everything's a go for Saturday. 4.15, Vac Shack. Chambers texts back. Boom. You are the man. If you guys need it to happen, I'll make it happen. You driving? Yeah. It's Saturday, June 20th. Dan is meeting up with a couple of watchmen, Paul Ballar and Ty Garbin, to take them to the vac shack. The guys already seem to be into one of Adam's ideas, getting a warrant to arrest Governor Gretchen Whitmer. I'm totally down for the whole arresting Whitmer thing. That's the most logical way to go. Yeah, like that, I'm totally down. I will fucking, I will gladly help out with that. All right. Garbin rides with Dan to Grand Rapids, and when they pull into the parking lot, Garbin seems surprised. Back shack. Is that what it is? Yeah. I thought it was a gun store. No. What the fuck? I'm so disappointed. I didn't come here to a fucking suck shop. They park the car and enter the vac shack. Adam's girlfriend, Amanda Keller, is there too. Adam says they'll talk in the basement. He opens a hatch in the floor of a storage room to reveal some stairs leading down into the dark. Grab some seats and go down there. I got a little, like, bedroom. This is my little fucking fallout place, man. If I got a fucking bug out, just hide underneath their nose, man. (laughs) This is it. Dan is finally going to record someone talking with the Watchmen about a real terrorist plot. But for once, Adam's paranoia actually works to his benefit. Before they head down the stairs, he has everyone put their phones in a box in case someone is recording or the feds are listening in. You want me to stop throwing phones in there and put a stairs in fucking my room while we go down? Dan might be new to this whole informant thing, but the FBI isn't. Do you really think they would send their guy in with just one recorder? Going down the stairs, deep up in there. I'm gonna eat shit. Nope. On the next episode of Chameleon Season 7, The Michigan Plot, that secret meeting and a stoned wild plan to storm the Michigan Capitol with a Boogaloo army. Dude, we could send 300 men into the Capitol to seize it and we could have snipers from buildings, from apartments and shit. Gets honed down into a stoned wild plan to go after the governor. You know, like she has her own office, right? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Boom. Unlock all episodes of Chameleon the Michigan Plot ad-free right now by subscribing to the Binge podcast channel. 
Not only will you immediately unlock all episodes of this show, but you'll get binge access to an entire network of other great true crime and investigative podcasts, all ad-free. Plus, on the first of every month, subscribers get a binge drop of a brand new series. That's all episodes, all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the Chameleon Show page on Apple Podcasts, or visit getthebinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. Chameleon is a production of Campside Media in partnership with Sony Music Entertainment. The Michigan Plot is produced by Ryan Swikert. Callie Hitchcock and Henry Lavoy are associate producers. The show is hosted by me, Jessica Garrison. And me, Ken Bensinger. Story editing by Michael Canyon Meyer. Josh Dean is our executive producer. Voice acting by Levi Petrie. Fact-checking by Annika Robbins. Additional research by Julie Denishay. Sound design and mix by Ewin Lai Tremuin. Music by Blue Dot Sessions, Epidemic Sound, and APM. A special thanks to our operations team, Doug Slaywin, Ashley Warren, and Destiny Dingle. Campside Media's executive producers are Josh Dean, Vanessa Gregoriadis, Adam Hoff, and Matt Scher. If you're enjoying the show, spread the word and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. I'm Jessica Garrison, and thanks for listening. Come on, hurry up, you're getting shot at. Shit! He's going to think about this tonight and touch him. Yes. Oh, you know I'm jacking up. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.